sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diadonna, along with assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. And uh, yeah, we got a full slate of things to talk about today from everything from pro, college, high school, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, Chris, Kirk Cousins saw his offensive coordinator get fired after their Monday Night Football loss to Seattle, the Vikings. Um, what do you make of this midseason? Well, it's a it's a gutsy move because they're still in a playoff spot and they haven't beaten a over five hundred team I think this year. Uh, nope. It's not been good for the Vikings. They they, they were kind of eh when they started. Then they got to uh, three game win streak and it's a win loss win loss win loss loss. Um, this is an interesting move. I mean, it. I get it if it's a team that's like the Lions where they're kind of suffering and, and they fire Jim Bob Cooter, which should happen at some point. Um, but the Vikings are in the playoffs, uh, in a playoff spot right now, and they're fighting for a playoff spot against a good Bears team that is leading the division. Um, this is this is their season right here. <laughs> Sundays, they're going to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> it's very high risk, high reward. Yeah. I mean, they these moves can just plummet a team. But they also can give the team a spark if they can rally around each other and figure things out. Because I don't think they're they're very they're in a playoff spot, but it's mostly because their defense and they have been inconsistent at best yeah. offensively. And if that, I don't think that's going to change. You know what I mean? I don't think they're going to be lousy offensively. I think they'll still. At worst, they could still be inconsistent. Yeah. So if this is a move that can get a little bit different of perspective, you know, or something, then it could be a good move. Um, but yeah, it's really random and weird to see a coach, a top coach, be let go when a team is technically in a playoff yeah. spot. And they brought over this guy um, from Philadelphia, uh, De Filippo. And he lasted 13 games, and that was that was it. And now they've got this guy, Kevin Stavansky. He was the quarterback's coach right. for Kirk Cousins. Now he's the OC. What's crazy is Minnesota hasn't had 300 yards of offense in four of his past five games. That's it. That's that's not good. You're not going to games that way. No. Um, they're sixth in offensive efficiency um, going into uh, in 2017. This this weekend, they're going their 24th, yeah. going to week 15. Not good. Not good at all. No, it's really not. So – for, for me, I mean, uh, if you have the quarterbacks coach as your offensive coordinator, who, by the way, was slated to take this job over before they hired DeFilippo, that tells me he has the experience or at least the knowledge of how to be an OC. Um, so, yeah, like you said, high risk, high reward. So they got nothing much to lose here. They're already, they're already uh, suffering. Right. Um, and they're trying to stop that bleeding, and, and this might be that, uh, that opportunity. They had to do something, I think. Yeah. But uh, – it's hard to know what sometimes, and they. This could be the perfect move for them. It's, it's but I don't think it's. I guess it's not. High, it's high. I don't. I guess it's not high risk, high reward. It's in the sense it's that not it's not in the high risk because they're not gonna. I don't feel like this move will make them tank. You know. No, but they're already on that on that downhill slide right, right. now. With I the feel like the losses. worst that can happen though is that they stay on the slide. Yeah. So I guess it's not necessarily a high risk in the sense of what they'd be losing it's a, but it's a high reward yeah it's high risk in that in that you're kind of keeping the the status quo and now the status quo has changed right and that's 
probably a good thing because they're losing their past two. But they've got the Dolphins on Sunday, uh, and that's going to be a heck of a matchup. The Dolphins are seven and six, but they're one and five on the road, so that's going to be in the, the Vikings' advantage being at home, especially um, in the especially in the cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> even though the Dolphins, in, even though it's you know, indoors, but, but it's you still got cold. You got Ryan Tannehill who's playing really good. I mean, they they somehow won that game last week against Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, just that they call a Miami miracle. Um, and, and Rob Gronkowski missed a, a tackle to to finish the game at the end of there. <laughs> just so weird. quite quite a comical and crazy play at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. But they're showing that, hey, no matter what, no matter what we're down, we're going to fight till the end. And uh, the Vikings got to be ready for that. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting. And this could be this, the start of, you know, a big push to the end of the season or not. We'll find out. Um, speaking of or not, the Lions won a game. They did. Beat Arizona for the first time in what? 20 years? 1993 in Arizona. First win in Arizona since 1993. Right. That's kind of weird. And that's when they were real. The Lions in their heyday when they had those, you know, a few good I know Arizona's been up and down over the past 20 years, but, like, you'd think at some point they would have won in Arizona. Right. But it's it's the Lions. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they haven't because you'd think they would have won it, and they haven't. They haven't, yeah. Uh, But then they win. Slay with a big pick six kind of sparks it. It was a... Wasn't like it was three nothing at the three half. Three nothing. They were Almost not playing well. Midway through the third, it was still three nothing. It, it was, was not a good first half for the Lions. Just crazy. It was not good first half of football. Period. Um, but they then 16 they win first downs all game. Yeah, sixteen. So, so, I mean, we're not going to get too too in depth with what the Lions have because we we know it's one of those seasons where we're just kind of riding it out now. We're not. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be the worst team in the league. They're going to be that team. They'll probably end up the team that's just one or two games out of the playoffs because that's what they always do. Yep. Um, They're 5-8 and eight right now. But And this is actually but, – but this is a game on the road still that they haven't won since 93, like you said. But this is a game that on paper they should have won. Yes. A road game they should have won, and they did win. Yes. That – I expect them to that lose. That part of it doesn't happen very often. Um, so that that's the only interesting nugget I can come up with out of that out of that game. Um, they actually won a game they were supposed to on the road, um, but you know we know how their season's going to go. So yeah, now I will quote uh, Lloyd Christmas in that there is a chance. Oh. He tell me there's a chance, but they need a lot of help. They need everyone to basically lose, and they have to win out the rest of their season. So right, it's not likely, but there is a chance. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, now that we got the Dumb and Dumber in there. Um, <laughs> so speaking of, you're telling me there's a chance. I'm interested. If you, if you guys don't know, you, you guys might know this about Chris or not. I'm not sure if you do. I think that for those of you guys who listen to us a bunch, you probably know that I know way too much about baseball. And I love baseball and I'm kind of obsessed. Um, a lot of people know that about me. Chris is just about to that level with hockey. Um and I've been waiting to kind of for the right moment to get Chris to give us his expert take on what the where the Red Wings are right now. Um, they've had their ups and downs this year. They got young players. Luke Witkowski from Holland has not played very much, but he's played a lot lately. Um, they looked really awful to start the year when they lose eight. I think it was like eight in a row. One. And then they looked really great for a streak in there where they won five five out of six or something like that or whatever it was. And then 
And then it's been up and down since. Yeah. I mean, they, they've looked good lately until last night when Ovechkin got the hat trick and the Capitals just dominated them. But that's the Capitals. Um, give me the – what's the state of the Red Wings right now? I mean, new – I mean, we're second year in the new arena, you know, didn't make the playoffs last year. Where I mean, where where are we at? Where are we going here? Well, better than I would have thought so far this season. Uh, I thought this might be the worst year of the rebuild. And through basically half of December, because there's only a handful of games left um, because of the holiday break, they're playing better with younger guys in. They started out with a seven-game losing streak to, to start the season, just as I had expected Maybe not lose all seven games, but certainly no, lose they were most of those games. Right. Um, but they they lost uh, nine of their first eleven games, and then they went Brutal. on one, three, uh, seven of their next eight. Yeah. Crazy. So I'm like, okay, what team are you? And now, oh, so they're turning the Lions, is what you're saying? So yeah. <laughs> so now they've kind of gone back on the downhill slide where they've lost uh, in their past. I think ten games. They are. They've lost four, five, six, seven games, something like that. Um, but these young guys are playing really well. And that starts with, without Henrik Zetterberg, I'm surprised. But that starts with your, your leadership, and that's with Dylan Larkin. And he's like 22 years old, 21 years old. And he still looks 17. He does. <laughs> he's got the beard going for him, which is helping him a little bit older. But young 20s, this, this kid who's probably the future captain starting next season um, he is leading the team in points with 30, 13 goals, 17 assists. And I think he's leading ice time. He's, he's a, he's a best player out there. Sure. And he, this is his third but, or fourth season with the team, but he's been the best player out there for a few years. He yeah. just didn't play like it or just didn't know it. Or you had growing pains of being young, right? It wasn't his rookie year just out of sight. Yeah, it was really good. And then his sophomore year, he kind of slump. And I think this is his fourth year. He's kind of getting back to where he, <laughs> he's finally he figured should it out. be. Um, he's averaging over 20 minutes of time on the ice. I mean, that's really good. Yeah. Your best player should do that. Um, right. But maybe the best thing for him was that Zetterberg retired. It, just because it gave him that kick. He was out of that shadow, pretty of, much. Well, and just to be, hey, we need a leader, and it's going to be you. Yeah. And sometimes that that kick in the pants works big time, and it you know that's the push that a lot of people need from to go from good to great, as we like to say. Yeah, and and there's a reason that nobody was named captain this year um, because it's a rebuild. He can't shoulder that burden this early on in his career although steve eisman did that um but right. with a rebuilding team they wanted to wait probably a year um but when eisman started as a captain when he was real young you didn't know they were rebuilding they just were awful they were pretty bad like that wasn't we weren't sure they were in a rebuilding yeah. and if it was a rebuilding it was the longest rebuilding it was like a 30-year rebuild yeah. <laughs> like that's not so it's it a little bit okay. different but at first i kind of didn't like the fact that there was no captain i agree yeah. and i think it's grown on me actually it's a little different. I'm used to, you know, the entire time I've been alive, it's been Iserman, Listrom, Zetterberg. Yeah, I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's Same pretty as, good. I mean, it's. I'm sure that's not been the entire time I've been alive, but it's been the entire time I've paid attention to the Red Wings. Yeah. It's only been those three. That's really impressive. Which and is so awesome. Now that there's no captain, it was a little, a little awkward to see that. But at the same time, you have a couple of guys that are also there as assistant captains with Abdicator, uh, Cronwall, and Franz Nielsen, who picked up the assistant captaincy uh, as well on the road and at home. They switched Larkin and Nielsen do. Very different, um, but it seems to be working. And most of the time, you see Larkin kind of step up uh, in press conferences after the game or he's talking to the guys on the ice. He's, He's kind of 
leading by example. And that's what you want from a future leader, a future captain. Um, it's pretty much a done deal for most. I think the fan base all thinks it's going to happen, and a lot of experts, sure. I believe, as well. It might not even happen. It might not take till next year. They it might, might make an announcement halfway through. It's possible. Who knows? You never know. Interesting. But I tell you, the the defensive situation on the wings is not good. Um, they started out with, I think, five rookies to the, in opening night, which is the most they've had uh, since the 80s. <laughs> and then three of those rookies went back to the Grand Rapids, and they've since had their veterans return. And it's been kind of what you expect right um, they haven't been that great right and DeKaiser's hurt DeKaiser's hurt uh trevor daly's been on and off hurt erickson's been hurt crowell however has been the surprise in his likely last season with the wings he's picked up some goals he's made some big cronwall like hits that you used to see back in the uh, 08 playoffs and nine playoffs that's exciting um witkowski has played on d at times with with these injuries especially the last couple weeks um, he's played a lot he's played a lot on defense and he's looked fairly good out yeah, there he hasn't looked bad i um, mean especially for all the non ice time he's had being on you know not on the active roster being a taxi person for so many still on the roster but still not in uniform so many games that's happened for most of the games until the last couple of weeks that's got to be tough to practice and then not get game time and then to try to just jump in and be ready yeah i mean you have to be ready it's kind of like being a pinch hitter but it's not that's not easy and he is definitely not i mean he hasn't played amazing but he hasn't you haven't been like wow he's rusty you know yeah. what i mean and that's he's he's kept in shape which yeah, is what you want his from job. He's kind done of his your job. your sixth man if you think of it that way because yeah. he can play both forward and d and that's kind of a good quality to have on the wings with all these young players and then injuries in the back end he can kind of jump in provide a physical presence and, and give that uh experience i guess on defense where he can play kind of anywhere on the ice and that's that's a big help for a team that's going through a rebuild um kind of underestimated in that in that way but he's played 10 games he's averaged 837 ice ice time i think he's uh he's got one assist um maybe a one fight so far in the season but no nothing else right Uh, surprising i think there'd be more fights because the wings lead the team lead the league in fights and he's only had one of them (laughs) right there's a pretty there's a doozy was it in edmonton's game last night fight it's been some good good fights this year um but just getting back to the wings, you got some young guys that are playing real well in, in Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha. Um, those guys are, are looking pretty good. Um, Bertuzzi has 16 points, and he's in his second year with the team. And he, he played really well with the Griffins. Um, he's going to be around for a little while along with Mantha and Larkin. That's kind of a core three. It's nice. Um, and then just out just today, um, there was a report out that Jimmy Howard um, could be traded, being in his last year of his contract. Uh, if you need a veteran goaltender, he's he's available. But the Wings want to take less than a first round pick for him, which is what they should be shopping him for. Right. Um, so it sounds like they're they're playing better. They're looking better than what could have been on a team that had a lot of rookies, for um, sure. So it's it's going to be interesting how they finish the season out, uh, especially when, when February comes around and in the trade deadline. But so far, not bad, not bad for sure. All right, shifting gears to the college ranks. Um, We'll talk a little bit about Hope Basketball here. Uh, they both, both the men and women are have uh, home tournaments coming up in the next week here. Uh, the men have uh, this Saturday. They have they host Wisconsin Platteville, um, and then Tuesday and Wednesday next week they host the Midwest Invitational. That is doubling as the uh, Rustavet Classic this year, and it's they're hosting la roche and mount st joseph uh this is this stretch of three games and then 
before the new year, before they get down by double play, they go down to Anderson, Indiana, and play. These four games is their season. I mean, it's not without. I mean, I feel like we say this every every year about them, and it's it's been a struggle for them. They have struggled with some of the Wisconsin teams. They lost to Stevens Point last week. They've struggled at times on the road, and then they've seemed to put it all together and win the MIAA tournament and make it to the NCAA tournament, which could still happen. But if you win these four games, you might not have to rely on that solely. Yeah, I mean, it's this is not like football. The MIAA has a very good uh, reputation in basketball, so it's not like you know if you if you miss. I mean, there's plenty of years where Hope and Calvin have gone together. Uh, Hope and Trine have gone. Calvin and Trine. There was one year the women, Hope, Trine, and Calvin. Yeah, I think that was a last years year. Ago. Yeah, I yeah, mean, like. Two years ago, maybe. Which is, yeah, I think it was two years ago. It was great. I mean, like, they all deserved it, and that's how it goes. But this is going to be interesting for them uh, playing a lot of teams that they don't always play Wisconsin, Platteville, LaRoche, Mount St. Joseph, and Anderson. I mean, these are not. I mean, we see Stevens Point. We see Wisconsin Whitewater. I mean, I know they've played Platteville before. We see some Grace and Cornerstone and Aquinas and stuff. These are these unknown teams that is and it, coming at the point of the season right before the holidays too, where it's 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 pivotal and you don't know as much about them. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting stretch for for the Hope Men, but they're they're talented enough to get through here just fine. But this always seems to be the rocky part of their season. Um, you know where I mean it's happened the last few years they've. They started out pretty strong, they, or at least 50-50 on the road. They've lost a couple road games. They beat Aquinas but lose to Cornerstone in that tournament is how that's been the last couple of years in the um, Hall of Fame Classic. And then they've just kind of gone, eh. You know, they'll win three and lose three. Uh, they had an eh game against Stevens Point where they were winning almost the whole game, and then all of a sudden they're down four, and you don't even know why. And it wasn't like one guy caught fire or anything. They just, you know, a couple of missed shots turned into baskets, and it just that was it. It was, it was just an interesting lack of energy of a game. Both sides, really. It was just a. Uh, it was kind of like an a uh, game. It was just kind of weird. Now you get a couple of those every year, you know, but it was just it was just weird to see. So this is kind of their pivotal point. Um, on the flip side, you got the Hope Women. They're hosting this weekend the Post Exam Jam, which is still my favorite name for a college tournament. Um, and they are hosting Baldwin Wallace and Mount uh, and Thomas More. I almost said I almost said Mount Union. <laughs> uh, they're playing each other. Those two ranked teams are playing each other, and the winner. Plays Hope, assuming Hope wins. Who are they playing in their opener, Chris? Finlandia, who is winless right now. Right. Really? Yeah, they're they're zero and nine, I believe. Their women's team is zero yeah. nine. I thought they were. Yeah, turning. I was. I thought they were better too. I thought but they were yeah. turning a corner. That is not the corner they want to turn. Okay. No. So um, that makes that one. You know, if the winner gets hope, pretty much, that would be the upset of the century if Hope lost that one to Finland. It would be yes. Um, Thomas Moore is where they lost in the Sweet Sixteen. Was it? I think I think it was like Elite, Elite Eight. Eight. Yeah, last yeah. year here at home at at DeVos, right? And they've they've won at Thomas More, yeah. in that situation. And this is becoming like who gets the final four goes through those te- two teams. Yeah, it really does. And it's been very interesting. Um, Baldwin Wallace is nobody to slouch at either. There's 
their historical strong program there yep. in the NC tournament every They're year. They're ranked 19th much. right now. Yeah, so I mean, and what's Thomas Moore? They're fourth. Fourth, and Hope Hope's three? Second. Second. Yeah, that's, a, boy, that could be. That's a tournament right there. That could be epic. Now, this is not going to make or break Hope's season, but this not at all. would be a signature win. It would show that they learned from that loss last year. It would show that they can get these really tough games this early in the season and work through that. I mean, because last week Albion was not pretty right. at all. They managed to win that late uh, in the fourth quarter after being down. But this this is a signature game. This is one. This will probably be one of the best games in the country the entire season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as long as it's Thomas Moore. Well, even if it's Baldwin Wallace, it could be. I it mean, still could be very nine, good. Two and nineteen. I mean, that's that's still impressive. Because if Baldwin Wallace beats Thomas Moore, they're going to be in the top ten. Oh, absolutely. Too, so and then and then Hope knows that they could be. Um, Ball Wallace is hey they can beat Thomas Moore that means they can beat us I mean that's mm-hmm. that's mentality you got to have in the, in these kinds of games no matter what you you know, think well they can they're that good they can beat us uh, with a team that has a lot of uh, I think five five freshmen maybe um, yeah. they're playing really well outside of Albion the Albion win last week um, they've played particularly well in terms of passing the ball and hauling rebounds last week did not was not that they were not good at passing they were not good at rebounding um, they just didn't didn't show up until late. Um, so they know that they have to perform <laughs> well. They can't look past Finlandia either because they have to play that game knowing it's it's going to be a team that's winless. Um, they've got to focus on that first game and then work to the next game because if they overlook it, they're gonna they're gonna worry too much about that game on Saturday for sure. But should be very 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 exciting anyway. You slice it, um, and then that game to end the post exam jam hopes game will be at three o'clock on Saturday, and then the men's game against Wisconsin-Platteville will be at 5.30. So they are running them back-to-back, which is uh, very exciting. It's nice when they're back-to-back and one of them's not real late either. Yeah. So that's that's, that's, that's a great day. afternoon. If you're going out shopping, go shopping in the morning, come watch some basketball, and then go home right. after some games and Yeah, wrap still got time presents. to go out to eat and get to bed early or whatever. That's a great way to spend or a Saturday. Or go to another holiday party. Exactly. <laughs> so, But it should be one of the better weekends of basketball. It'll be the best... Chris was not overselling that. It should be the best regular season. It might be the best regular season women's basketball game in the country all year, uh, which is very exciting. <coughs> At least the most hyped, which is certainly also exciting. So, um, yeah. Before we get to high school hoops, I want to take I want to take this seventh inning stretch moment to bring you a word from swimming. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so. I want to just make sure everybody knows what is going on in the pools here. A lot of people pay attention a little bit. A lot of, I mean, a lot of people pay attention a lot because we all know swimming is um, the most dominant sport we have here as far as across the board. Um, we may have great teams and great players come and go from a lot of different sports, but swimming, when, you, when all your teams are in the top 10 in the state in boys and girls every year and you have 29 Division one swimmers currently, yes, I said that. Twenty nine current Division one swimmers uh, and divers. I should say swimmers and divers. A few of those are divers. Um, that's something special. Um, we got something special brewing right now too. Um, Michigan Lakeshore Aquatic just got back from Junior Nationals, and they had uh, relay. Uh, they had four male and four females go and put together some relays and a few individual events, and um, they scored in. 
they made the finals in I think seven of the eight relays that they were wow. in, and um, yeah, uh, Riley Van Meter had some great swims. Uh, he's from Holland Christian. Caden uh, Soto made the final in the hundred breaststroke. Uh, I think he finished fifth. He's from West Ottawa. Um, Ellie Giesler from Holland had some individual swims and swam pretty well. And then we've got Kasha Norman, the new new face on the block from Black River. She's a sophomore at Black River. She made the final in the girls' hundred breaststroke out of nowhere, um, just dominating time. She's going to be getting all kinds of looks from colleges now. It was a huge breakout performance. Um, and then MLA had some kids from Spring Lake and Grand Haven. Um, Cam Peel and Joey Wachter are from Spring Lake, and they did very well. And then Catherine Ackerman from Grand Haven is one of the best swimmers in the, the Midwest, not just Michigan. This girl from Grand Haven is out of sight. Um, she finished uh, second, third, and fifth in her three individual Holy events cow. at Junior Nationals. Um, so that's to me that's almost more impressive than somebody just winning one because you're showing you have that kind of ability in all the events. Um, and she's she's committed to Michigan. Cam Peel's committed to Michigan. Caden Soto from West Ottawa is going to Purdue, and Riley Van Meter is going to Alabama. Ellie Giesler is going to NC State, and Sage and Kasha still have another year to figure it out. Um, but that a was lot. a heck of a meet for them, and that was last weekend. They come back, and then I wanted to talk a little bit more about Caden Soto. He set the pool West Ottawa pool record last night in the 100 breaststroke after coming off of this tiresome meet where he's competing in you know four relays and swimming the breaststroke events and then he's got they got to drive or fly all the way back i think they drove um from greensboro north carolina you got a day in between and then all of a sudden you're facing zealand in a high school meet um and then he sets the pool record (laughs) um something special is going on at west ottawa here now They've got Soto. They've got Derek Moss, who went to the Senior Nationals the week before, and he's still he set the pool record in the backstroke right after right or right before Soto did. They went back to back, and he busted his uh, brother's pool record, which is always fun. How cool is that? Always fun. Um, they are ranked number one in Division One. They finished runner up last year. They are poised for a huge season. I mean, this team, those two guys plus Sam Smith. Um, Jamal Hogan and uh, uh, another Moss, Kevin Moss, Ty Afric. You've got a lot of uh, moving parts on this team. There, it, it's going to be tough for them, and I don't want to put that kind of pressure. I mean, they're the favorite to win the state championship. They could win all three relays. Uh, I think there's only been one time that I can remember in history where a team won all three relays and didn't win. Um, it's it's a ton of points, um, but their relays are looking really, really, really good. Um, they were facing Zealand last night, and Zealand, you know, qualified for state in a couple relays and um, looked good, you know, on their board, and you know, were closing it on their own school records. And then West Ottawa beat them by like four seconds in one of them, like or three seconds. It's ridiculous. Like it's that kind of. Level and West Ottawa's had a knack, especially with the medley relay. They've won. There have been three different groups of West Ottawa. Three win the medley relay. 
state title. Wow. It, since I've been here. So it's like every five years they put one together. And the girls have won that twice, I believe, also. So there's something about it. They make sure they have some specialist in every stroke. That's, that's incredible. It's really cool. So that could that could keep rolling this year. Um, but it's um, Derek Moss is legitimate uh, as far as like a national. He's going to Alabama. He's he's a national caliber kind of swimmer. Caden Soto keeps proving he's right there. Sam Smith is going to Oakland. Three Division One kids on your relay. I'm sure Jamal Hogan could be going Division One also down the road. Um, you don't get that very often where you put together a couple of relays that are all for going to be NCAA Division One swimmers, and that's pretty impressive. Um, so that was an exciting meeting a meet last night, um, and they're 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 doing really well. They're they're performing really well. Um, Zealand is a good team too. They're ranked number. They're ranked thirteen. Jonathan Collins, he just signed with uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Yeah, and that's exciting. Division one. He got touched out by Sam Smith in one of the relays, and he had two great individual swims where he went head to head with Moss and Soto. <laughs> um, that's a heck so of a race. He didn't get uh, he didn't get any victories there, but he swam a heck of a meet, and he's going to be um, you know a force down the stretch for Zealand. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting year. Holland Christian is ranked number one in Division Three. They won last year. They could repeat depending on how things go. Um, it's it's very very exciting. Um, so there are lots of things going on in the pool, and then that also means we've got the twenty nine Division One swimmers and divers to pay attention to. Colin Deshaw from Michigan is a diver, and he is a captain. And that's uh, very rare for a diver to be a captain, and that's very cool. Uh, read more about that in the Sentinel in the coming weeks. Um, Taylor Garcia and Taban Afric are seniors uh, at uh, Michigan and at Notre Dame, respectively. They're wrapping up their insanely illustrious careers. Um, and then Morgan Bullock is from West Virginia, placed at Nationals last year, kind of out of a little bit out of nowhere, um, and just is building on that. There's a lot of a lot of big things going on. And you've got what eight kids at Oakland looking to lead <laughs> Oakland to their, a lot of kids over to there. what they're one millionth consecutive conference championship i think they've won their con they've switched conferences a couple times but they've won their conference i think like 30 years in a row yeah, pretty um, impressive not, not, bad. not too bad not too bad yeah. yeah and then we got people all over the place um just about every power conference has got multiple kids from this area and uh it's, that's pr- that's pretty exciting so lots of fun things happening in the pool so if it gets cold out and it will Go check out some of these kids because it's, it's impressive what they're doing. On I mean, we've had this before with some of the Holland kids where you're like, you're seeing somebody special. Just go watch them, even if you don't watch swimming. Go watch Taylor Garcia or Courtney Bartholomew or Emily Boss, Tabon Afric. We've had Eric Solis. We've had a bunch lately. Krista Young, when I first got here. I mean, yeah. Krista Young missed the Olympics by 400th of a second. You're that close to just saying, yeah, I watched him. Yeah, I watched him when he was a high school kid. And, yeah. You know, that I'm not saying Derek Moss is making the Olympic team, <laughs> but it's a kid that his name is not going anywhere in swimming and their team is that special to take a look and see how they're dominating other very strong teams. They I mean they crushed Zealand last night and Zealand's really good. I mean, 13th in the state um on a down year for them. They, you know, graduated some some key guys last year. But they're still going to be a force and they will you know they put things together correctly. They're going to be a top ten team at the state meet, and they got crushed. They, 
Holland Christians don't, uh, defending state champion and number one in Division Three. They crushed them in a number one versus number one battle last week. It's it's special. They're, this team could be very special, um, and I think that that's really cool. And that's saying something considering how many great teams we've had. We've had the Holland boys win a couple state titles. The girls won three in a row. West Ottawa girls came out of nowhere to win a state title. West Ottawa boys won a bunch long ago, but they've been second a couple times. And uh, Hamilton's won a couple state titles. Holland Christian's won some state titles. And Zeeland has won some state titles. I mean, everybody's won state <laughs> I feel like Oprah. They're going to win state yeah. title. They're going to win state Everybody's going to win state title. I mean, they really, that's what we have. But if, for me to say a team is special, we're talking special like that very first Holland state championship team that took down Ann Arbor Pioneer in the D1 finals like wow. 14 years ago or whatever it was now. Um, and that Holland girls team that won uh, three in a row. It's interesting. They have less depth, though, as some of these teams, and sometimes that hurts you. Sometimes it doesn't, but at the state meet, they're going to have all kinds of PowerPoints because they're gonna, they could win all three relays, and then all those relay swimmers are poised to make the finals in their individual events, too. That's a ton of points. I mean, Derek Moss won the backstroke last year. I mean, Soto's going to be challenging for that in the breaststroke. I mean, there that's a ton of points out there. It reminds me, there was a team, uh, as I digress further into this swimming uh, segue, um, my, that first year when Holland won, beat Pioneer in this astonishing boys state meet. It was a heavyweight fight, went back and forth. You know, Holland had their moments. Pioneer had their moments. It came down to the last relay. It was very exciting. The, combined, I think, on both teams, there were like, 12 division one kids ncaa division one swimmers on those teams it was incredible um it was epic the the very next girls season pioneer won again shocker it was in in one of those power times pioneer won 10 years in a row on the girls side really good um had some olympic hopefuls and you know whatever else at division one the big schools that next year zealand girls finished second with six kids with only six. Yeah, and Pioneer had 24 or 26 wow. kids. Wow. Yeah, it was that is what this West Ottawa boys team is. I don't think they're going to finish second. I think they're going to win. But they're going to those same kids, you have one kid that goes three all three relays instead of one individual event. You split it up where everybody makes the relays. You know, everybody gets two relays except one gets three or two kids get three relays. You make the finals and everything. It doesn't work all the time. And you know who knows how it's going to work at their conference meet. That same girls team for Zealand finished third at their own conference meet. Wow! Winning ten of the twelve events, and they wow. finished third because of all the depth that goes into it. Holland and West Ottawa. This is back when they're all in the same Lakeshore conference. Holland and West Ottawa finished first and second, or West Ottawa won, I think, and Holland was second, and Zealand was third, even though they won ten of the twelve events, including all three relays. They didn't win diving and they didn't win the breaststroke. They won everything else. Wow. And they finished third. And then they went and got within a few points. They finished second at the state meet with those same kids. It's that's how swimming works. Sometimes it's really crazy. So this could be a really epic year for West Ottawa where they can do so much damage with a smaller number of swimmers. And that could be very incredible. So there's my soapbox discussion of. The state of swimming in Holland area should be exciting. Um, yeah, sponsored by Officer Soto, Officer Joe Soto. Um, 
Um, so now basketball. I know a lot of people been waiting to hear about basketball. Basketball, man, it's, it's in it's in full force now. The girls' season started last week. Um, we've seen a lot of our teams play now, and uh, there's a lot of things interesting. Uh, Nick Cronemeyer's got Hamilton doing some good things. I think they're two and one to start uh, the year. Yeah, they didn't play on Tuesday this yeah, week. So. so two and one, that's pretty good. Um, Natalie Dunn has been out of sight for West Ottawa. Really impressive. Um, and has led them to their unbeaten. Um, Chris, who, I mean, we had the I mean, we had the Civic Center stuff. Yeah. We had, I mean, the boys opened it by beating Middleville pretty easily, but then this crazy classic South Christian doubleheader girls-boys Friday night, which was just awesome. Uh Holland Christian and South Christian, the boys were tied with a minute eighteen to go, and Holland Christian somehow won by ten. Um, That's a game. A couple of turnovers, and then hitting your free throws. But it was one of the it was one of the best high school games I've ever seen. Um, and it just had all the energy in this new place, the new Civic Center, the revamped Civic Center. It's legit. I mean, it's it's got that old feel, but it's got the the modern, modern that you need it to. It's the lighting is better. If you haven't noticed. By reading the Sentinel, our photos are a lot better. Oh yes, <laughs> because it's it's a lot love brighter it. in there. We love it. Uh, the ceiling tiles aren't falling down. They got a couple big slow moving ceiling fans in there, so it's not quite as hot either. Or stuffy. Um, yeah, it, the air moves around. It's it's a really enjoyable place to watch a basketball game, and I think that's really cool that they could kind of keep that flavor, but still make it a little bit new. And starting off with the first doubleheader being pretty epic with the Holland Christian. The girls and boys both won. The girls also won by ten, but they kind of in the middle of the second quarter they or they were ahead. They they built that lead and then just kind of kept it. Um, whereas it was the boys' game was tied until a minute eighteen to go, pretty much back and forth that whole way. Um, it was very exciting, and those teams, both the boys and girls teams, are going to be are much improved, and they're going to be have some big things in store this season. But that was very exciting. I think there's going to be uh, an improvement all around the area in terms of basketball. Uh, it seems that everyone's kind of better this year. Um, uh, well, we we're going to say except for the West Ottawa boys. Except for the West you Ottawa can't boys. be better. It's hard for you to be better. Yes. Than making the state finals and losing all five starters. Yeah. I mean that's they are the tough. lone exception. We're not going to say they're be. We're not saying they're going to be awful, but. No. It's hard to beat what they did. They're last not year. winning the state championship. No, yeah. that's not going to happen. But that's the only way they could beat it. In all around, in tr- just in like on the average, the uh, the local teams here seem to be better. Absolutely, the Holland boys are better. They much beat better. Mona Shores by three points. Much better. Yeah, and they, they came back to win that game. It looks fun there again. It. I mean, it's been a while since it's looked fun like that. I mean, Demetrius Lake made a lot of games really fun, uh, but he, for a while he didn't really have that much of a supporting cast. Um, they're all there's a it's all supporting cast now, but they're all performing. Yep. and that's very exciting. And then on the girls' side, they won, they won the first game last night, and I think three players were in double figures in that game. Very good. Um, and they beat Gowan Heights, which has a really good boys' program. I'm not really sure how good their girls' program that's is. That's kind of been the game um, that they one of the games that they've won the last couple of years. But you still got to win them. But you have three players in double digit figures scoring, and a number of other players scoring for you. That's a good positive um, coming off of a pretty bad loss they they had mm. last week. Definitely, um, the Ducks girls look pretty good. Yeah. I saw West Ottawa play them. Um, that was a defensive scrappy effort that didn't have a whole lot of offense. But uh, like we talked about with uh, Natalie Dunn, she looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee Baker, Kaylee Baker really looked good. really good too. And that cast of uh, Lucy Bouvier and Telly Martinez. Um, 
they were looking pretty solid despite having some mistakes, you know, early on in the season, which they is understandable. They played good defense. They yeah. played good defense. The offense wasn't good, but the defense was wasn't much much improved. And then um, we've got Zealand East girls. They're actually going to be down also might, from last down. year. They lost Sophie and Sarah Palsrock and um, some of their uh, their other. Oh, Jaden Van Dorn. It was a I mean, tough, that's, tough that's opener for them against three, I mean, that's, that's three starters, including your two two of your top post scorers. Um, and it's the teams are going to focus a lot more on Meg Morehouse than they did last year because if they focused on Meg last year, she dumped it to Sophie, and Sophie would have fourteen points easy. Yeah. Um, and then if they collapsed on Sophie, then Meg would pop one, and then there you go. You know, it was pick your poison. Now it's not. I mean, they got they still got some good players. They have some really good young players. Uh, Haley DeCavers, Kennedy Boone Souter, they're they're good players. They just have never really been in the moment where they've had to have the ball in the moment. Yeah. And that's not gonna happen until it happens. Which and once it does, year. they're gonna get some confidence from from that because they're gonna have to be doing more of that. I hope Steenwike's back in the post. She's she's a good player. Um but it's gonna be they're gonna be collapsing on on Meg. Then you got Hamilton. Hamilton, girls they're and they're. Boys. I mean, they lost two of their starting post players, but they're not missing a beat really. I mean, they had a rough game the other night that I covered where nothing seemed to click at all, but they were still ahead and they still led the entire game against Middleville, which I've seen that school three times now. I think this <laughs> season we don't even cover them, um, but even in a game where they didn't look good, they still were the better team, and that's. Good. That's what you want to see from a mm-hmm. a team that could contend for a state title, mm-hmm. or early on in the season where they like, hey, you know, we didn't do very well, but hey, we got room to improve. Right. We're, we'll be fine. And I have you know no doubt that this is going to be kind of a fluky game for them. They they just they're a good team. They have a lot of good players. For and sure, they'll figure that one out. On the boys' side, they lost their first game late. They had a lead in, and that was their first kind of uh, real hump in the season that they've had to deal with, and. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be fine. I mean, they got their first three games. They're looking pretty good despite one loss. I mean, that's right. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see how they finish out the next week or so before the break and then start the new year. Right. How is that break going to affect all the area teams? Really? Right. I mean, Zealand West boys are playing pretty well. They are as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, um, yeah, a little bit of rough, rough year seeming to start for Saugatuck. New coach. Um, they got they got players that haven't played varsity before. Right. That's all. It's their a re- entire team minus two players. Right. Um. And they got beat pretty good the other night. Right. Um, Fenville's pretty good. They're not quite as good yet as they were last year either. But they're going to be good. The Fenville girls are much better. Corinne Howard's back from her injury. Sure. Twenty seven points on Tuesday night. Yeah. Twenty seven. That's, that's going to be huge. I can't wait to see her. We were talking about that last week against Sagatuck when Sagatuck's got uh, Madeline Moore and. Aaron that Stannis and oh. that it's just gonna be it's been a very one-sided the last couple of years Corinne wasn't super healthy last year she missed maybe one of the games and wasn't really healthy in one of the other games and um it's been a little one-sided on the girls rivalry for a while and that could be very exciting this time around for for Fenville um they haven't had a go-to score like this in quite some time on the girls side so that's very exciting I mean they've had some good players so very good players, yeah. but this is, I mean, she's an all-state caliber kind of a player. They haven't, I don't know if they've ever had an all-state girls basketball player before. So um, that's very, very interesting. And then, you know, Calvary and Black River, we'll see how they're, how they're doing. I mean, they've played a lot of the bigger schools now, so it's yep. not, 
necessarily a great gauge about where they are. Um, yeah, Brent Rowe, the coach of the girls program, won his 100th career win with Black River last week, I think. Congratulations, Brent. Uh, so congrats to him on that. Um, yeah, we'll see what they're made of kind of once they get through the, the early meat of their scheduling to the conference play and things, how things go from there. Uh, we'll have a better gauge on how things are uh, with those programs. But um, the Black River boys look like they're a little down right now. They're not playing as well as they normally could be. Um, not they have a couple good players, but their supporting cast isn't all there. Um, and the girls, they same thing. They, they have some good players, but the the cast right. may not be there as well. We'll just find out in a few weeks and and uh, see how that goes. Right. The OK Green is going to be very exciting. I mean, the girls. It's Hamilton's to lose. You know, there's still really good teams. Holland Christian's good. Zealand East is good. Zealand West is good. Holland could be good. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen them. Um, but that's. They're better than they've been. The last, I mean, last year was a big year for them uh, based on where they'd been. But with Unity in the boys' side, with Unity and Holland Christian being even more improved with pretty much everybody back, and Zeeland East, you know, they lost their post guys because Burkhorst and Boone Bottom aren't playing basketball with their D1 scholarships for other sports. Clayton Dykehouse is still pretty good. He's been hurt a little bit. But he's got, but, yeah, he was injured, busted hand something like that so he'll be yeah. he'll be out till probably mid-january and zealand west is much improved um eli stefan and uh mason baker can be a really good one-two punch and they've got some supporting cast too and then the hamilton boys are very much improved uh the okay green is going to be great it's going to have the feel of, i think with boys basketball it's going to have the feel like football does where you got to bring it every night yeah. because there's not an easy game I mean, Byron Center is a little down from what they've been, but going to Byron Center, nobody plays well at Byron Center. So there's really no easy game on the schedule in the green, especially for the fellas, and that's very exciting. Uh, that's going to lead to some really exciting finishes, and it's going to make all the teams better because they're going to all have to – I mean, teams are going to – half the teams are going to lose those games because yeah. there's a winner and a loser. But it's they can still improve with the loss. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's still – there's going to be a lot – um, all the teams are going to get so much better by the end of the year. That's going to be very exciting. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that how that plays out. It's going to be kind of a, a gauntlet in terms of, like you said, every night is going to be a tough game. And that makes for better teams. That makes for a better tournament run because, you know, we've played these tough games. we got to go into the district tournament and play just as tough. Because so it's, it's a, a lot of the same schools. It's yeah. a good practice. Everyone gets in the playoffs. So it's not a worrisome thing here like football is where – if we don't win, we could miss the playoffs. Here, everybody makes it in, and then you're prepared for the playoffs. So there could be a lot of OK Green teams that make uh, a decent run to the the final. That could, uh, anyway, because some of them are in the same. A lot district, of them are in but, the same ones, but um, yeah, it's going to be a, a really fun playoff year for the OK Green teams as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So get out there and watch some basketball, whether that be Hope or some of the high school teams. If you've really never gone to a swim meet. Try to go to a West Ottawa swim meet this year. This is the year to do it. This is the year to just try it. I mean, the, the meets are, you know, if you get a good meet, it's less than an hour and a half. Lots of fast swims. Lots of exciting things to see. Um, but the OK Green for swimming is going to be very good, too, because West Ottawa is not in there. And bigger Zealand and smaller Holland Christian are going to kind of duke it out where you know, Holland's got some key pieces, and Hamilton's got some key pieces too. So it should be very exciting uh, all the way around. And then we'll talk a lot more about wrestling next week. We shall. It's going to be uh, tournament weekend, and then 
the holiday break opens up and not much is going to happen so we'll know a little bit more about wrestling uh next week all right well stay tuned for our episode next week thanks for listening and uh for chris zadarosny i'm dan diadana and this has been from the press box Thank you.